Welcome to the Web3 Delight Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Harris. You can find me anywhere on social media as Podmaster Jay. We're gearing up for an exciting one-day conference in Lagos, Nigeria, where we'll bring together Web3 startups, developers, researchers, investors, marketers, all under one roof, both physically and virtually. And we're not just talking about the tech either, because Web3 is really a social movement towards transparency, inclusiveness, and ownership. But, (laughs) as usual, I'm getting carried away. I have some great guests lined up for you here, each of which is going to be speaking at the Web3 Delight Conference. So, I decided to sit down with them and give you, the listener, a bit of a sneak peek into what they'll be sharing at the event. In this episode, we're chatting with leadership execution coach Riaz Javanji. Riaz helps Web3 startups with governance and the realities of their decision-making to empower CEOs to get out of their own way. So let's jump right into our conversation with Riaz. I guess in my heart, I've always been attracted to two things. One has been new technology, new emerging technology. These days it's called digitization, Web3, all these new these new angles that are coming out. But that's always been in my DNA. And the other has been infrastructure development, real estate. Um, it's been in the blood um, from successful and failed family businesses over generations. It's been something I've always been interested in. I guess my first degree was uh, international business and uh, and French, a, a double. Uh, it's a long story, don't ask why, um, at Oxford Brooks a long time ago. And my MBA at Cornell was focused on the service industry. How do you align service delivery systems with business strategy? Um, you know, for hotels, for airlines, but these days for all business, because it's about having high impact customer service and actually keeping your stakeholders satisfied. Web3 is all about that. You know, I'm not going to start trying to parrot what the technology is. You know, we know that. And there are people who are on the cutting edge of that deep, deep dives. But the reality is, just like the big infrastructure startups that I've worked for, many of the people who thrive there and lead these businesses with the good ideas from the beginning are technical people, you know, engineering type mindsets. So if you had two axes and it was execution versus relationships, obviously they're strong in execution in some shape or form. Quite often, where things slow down, don't accelerate as well as they could, or the cracks can happen, is in those professional relationships. I'm talking about cross-silo, cross-functional work at an operational level, but also the link between stakeholders, whether it's the board, um, the potential client base, the interested parties in terms of governance, etc., from the outside coming in. This is quite often where something that you might have thought of as the next unicorn doesn't happen. And yet something else with less good technology solution, but pretty good, but less good, but has the other things going on, does succeed and does become the next unicorn or whatever breakthrough it is. So I guess, you know, I'm talking with a bit of passion, but that's my, um, that's my take on why leadership development and helping companies to, to really thrive is key for Web3. 
I mean, I guess we'll get to this later, but like every every phase of startup, what I see is Web3 is going to thrive. But as an individual company, there are going to be so many people who lose out at various points, as well as a bunch of winners. So the real question is, how do we make sure that investment and the people who are putting their time and energy in actually create you know, a winning solution? That's Wow. Well, you've definitely painted a, a pretty vivid picture, I'd say, of what the bottlenecks are, what, what some of the challenges are for these businesses as they're sort of making this transition uh, to, I guess, what I would call the, the modern era of, of management. And uh, you, you, it sort of it makes me think, um, it makes me wonder what, when when you're sort of thinking about what needs to be done for, for businesses that are making this transition, how does Web3 really come into play in, in that whole ecosystem? So you mean you're talking from the angle of existing businesses and the impact of Web3, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, okay, if I put context on it, I guess currently we're experiencing, in my mind and public view, this transition from the fourth industrial revolution to, to Web3, to the fifth. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I believe large-scale digital transformation is happening globally at an ecosystem and economy level. Again, nothing novel about that. But I guess forward-thinking businesses need to be really well prepared to retain their competitive advantage, given all these new challenges that are happening in terms of Web3 adoption and the journey of that. You know, it's happening. It's happening all over the place. It's no longer really a conversation in the market of, is this real or not? You know, and if it is, that's a dinosaur conversation. right? The reality is, though, that companies are saying, well, we know that blockchain and AI tools are all over the place. We know that you know, augmented and extended reality are things that we have to, to, to do things with. You know, in that kind of conversation. But, and we also know that digital identity and wallets and smart contracts, you know, edge computing, the, these are big buzzwords. Some of them understand it and some of them don't. But in reality, when it comes to digitizing their businesses and they start looking at how do we incorporate Web3? Who do we put a punt on? Who do we go with? Um, and where's the risk we take versus, you know, the protection for our existing business, that's hard for people. You know, that's really hard for people. Mm -hmm. There are so many consulting offerings out there now, um, and VCs are backing potentially winning ideas. But um, that's what Web3 really means to me. New technologies happening all over the place. New management teams coming together, some of them with deep experiences in other business but coming together to very quickly get to market with their clients, either internally for an existing ecosystem or externally and actually trying to sell a product or service into market. Does that hmm. make sense? Am I asking, answering your question? Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense to me. And so let me then tie it back into what some of what you'll be talking about at the Web3 Delight Lagos conference. Can you give us maybe a bit of an introduction to the topic you'll be discussing there. 
Well, I'm going to focus on my sweet spot, which is leadership. Um, leadership in creating a culture that's actually built to last from the beginning. Because, you know, we are talking about speed of execution and adaptation to market technology and regulatory and security changes that keep happening. And what's the one thing that you have in common with all of those things? It's the need to pivot. And that often means how do you align your internal and external stakeholders for change, for rapid, rapid change all the time. So I'm going to be always talking about things that are simple to speak about. Right? They're not rocket science ideas, but they're, they're difficult to execute because your key asset, your most unpredictable asset is your people. People talk about finding and retaining human beings. But then once they're there, how do you create winning teams in your organization so that whatever happens, you can always go after the money when you have a good idea and a good team. But when you don't have any of those things, it's very, very difficult. So one of the things I'm going to, uh, to keep talking about is how do you create these winning teams and how do you actually execute the strategy that you signed up for? whether it's dealing with boards, you know, at individual or team level, or the CEO and his team, or as it trickles down, how do you create that culture that works? I, I maybe not so appropriate for this audience, but I think of it as a coaching culture, you know, a, a real culture where you're empowering people to think and develop themselves, as well as not, not in some sort of hippie way or being offsite, but in reality, every day, you know, in the job. So if I work for you, Jay, you know, and not just mentoring me or giving me orders, but creating a culture with a set of people where we talk openly. And we talk about performance management because that's so linked to management, where yeah. that's valued. And you're not slapping someone around the head because they say, hey, I'm screwing this up. In fact, you're only getting annoyed when someone says, hey, boss, I'm screwing this up. And you say, when did you first realize this? And they don't give you a straight answer and you think it was six weeks ago, right? Hmm. You want to create a culture where I get out of bed and say, look, maybe I'm being a bit premature, but in today's meeting, I want to say, I'm not sure about this. I know I'm meant to know, but I don't know if I do. Can we talk? That's the kind of culture you want to create at a very practical level, right? And the tone of it might be different at a board because many boards suck, right, in reality. We can talk in more technical terms, but many boards lag behind the reality of what's necessary for strategy execution from a million people's analysis, including mine. Many CEOs, as things grow, get busy. And as we were talking earlier, um, many of them are technical people. So they're very good with certain audiences and dealing with certain things or dealing externally with certain stakeholders. But as your business starts to grow, creating that culture in real time and keeping it real, actually creating that sort of cascade of openness and having everybody's brains inputting into the ideas for different teams, that's hard to do. That's hard to do for human beings. It's hard to do as things are changing. And it's hard to do when we don't have our best day and we're stressed and we act like a bit of an idiot, right? And yet sure. you want to keep that culture and get back on track. That's the reality of startups.
that's the reality of the businesses that are going to succeed in Web3. They're going to go through that. So that's the key of what I talk about. Um, stakeholder alignment and uh, strategy execution from that angle. And really saying, if you've got the your execution line and your y-axis of relationships, how do you help that relationship piece work? So that being glue, to put it simply, if I was talking to my grandmother, what do you do, Riaz? I help stick things together, grandma, and make things actually work with lots of clever people who do all sorts of things. That's missing in my mind in business. And if you create your businesses with that, I think your chances of real success, yeah, in my humble opinion, go up exponentially. That's, that's what I do. I, I love it, Riaz. Uh... I feel it's definitely one of the presentations that I'm going to be looking out for during during the conference. We talk a lot about relationships and communities in Web3, but I think you, you're highlighting a, a very important point is that we're, we're all simultaneously making this transition from the Web2 generation to the Web3 generation. And there are things that we did in Web2 that were completely fine for Web2. But when you think about the new generation of workers that are coming into this economy, coming into this industry, they come in with a different mindset, a different way of thinking. They respond to uh, different inputs. And so it becomes even more important for us as leaders and, and our leaders, leaders of organizations, to really be able to understand what's happening with this workforce and to, to lead them in ways that are comfortable and, and appropriate for them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing what, what you have to say and, and following up with you afterwards uh, to continue to get some more information and knowledge from you. So I <laughs> definitely appreciate it. Well, no, d ditto. And, you know, the great thing about us finally meeting like this, Jay, is that um, I, think, I think what I'm so excited about is that this conference and the conferences that come after it are actually targeting startups off the main track, right? We're not doing the, the London, New York circuit like all the big VCs, um, where it's so hard for other companies that don't have a connection um, or didn't meet the right person to, to, to start. But here's an opportunity for people who don't have that um, and maybe don't have all the education outside of technology. They've got some brilliant ideas about technology and with some other friends and, and uh, contacts, they can put it together. They might even have a potential client. But then running a business, that's a different thing. And growing a business through the different stages, that's a different thing. And you put it great I mean, there when you say what people expected at you know, Web 2.0 as employees and Web 3.0 are so different. One of the ideas I love is, well, I won't say it now. I'll let somebody else speak about that at the conference. But let me just sort of put a taster on it. Look at Scandinavia. Sure. Right. The average CEO earns seven times more than his worker, right? Okay. Now let's look at big business in, let's pick on the US. You know, it's always nice to pick on the US, um, <laughs> where the CEO uh, of some organizations earn, what, with bonuses, maybe a thousand times more, maybe 500 times more than their bottom end workers. Now, I'm not here to criticize anything. I'm just noticing and as you say, we talk about Web3. One of the things I would suggest for Web3 is if you're looking to be successful, 
So you're looking from before you're successful to becoming the next unicorn or something extraordinary. Maybe you shouldn't be creating your business model that way. I mean, equity aside, right? Maybe mm -hmm. you should be looking at, hmm, like the pirate ship analogy, where yes. basically the captain earns some number more that makes sense, three times more, four times more, whatever it is, right, in this market, um, than the guys doing the work from their perspective, right? They're all in it together. So the guy at the top, you know, he's accountable. It's not the other way around. It's not, hey, my servants, you're doing X. I'm not saying that's the truth, but I'm exaggerating, right? But you, you flip the culture where, you know, if you said to me, hey, you want to run my startup, I got to think hard because I'm thinking about my livelihood and yours and everyone else's. And maybe I'm going to say, you know what, ego aside, no, he, he should do it. I'll do this mm -hmm. bit. We want to create that. We want to create that, just an example of the DNA in these Web3 startups where funding has happened and they're looking for that next piece whether they have to prove you know, volume, whether they have to prove some sort of break-even, whatever it is in the different models. But that's the culture you want to create. Otherwise, look, I mean, what was it? Lunaterra, one of the things I was looking at a few, um, sure. a few months ago. <laughs> I mm -hmm. happened to be online when I saw the shoot happen. I've never done that before when I'm actually there in real time. It was amazing to see, you know, something go from... 80 bucks, 80 US dollars a share when I first did it, 80 something, down to, you know, points of points of a penny so quickly. Mm -hmm. And then you start to think about the stories you read. Assume most of them are true, where the founders are closing their door and aren't, aren't answering any interviews. I'm not saying that they should be, hey, you know, stone me, shame. I'm not saying that either. But talk about communication with the people who put faith into you versus perhaps a different way of doing things where you talk to them saying, hey, we've screwed up together. That's what we're going to do about this. I'm not saying I'm going to make you happy. I'm sorry. But what can we do to do about this? That's a very different conversation. And that's a very different ethos and business. And in my humble opinion, where we are in the world, we're at that tipping point. And I think Businesses have to show that. Um, I think if we're having this conversation in the 60s, you know, before our time, mm -hmm. certainly in most Western countries, uh, people would have laughed, right? This is, these are not senior business people talking. This is not, in my mind, for me, for example, the ex-COO of a $2 billion private equity fund talking. Sounds stupid, I would say. I would guess. But now... If we're looking at small business and where you need to go, and also we look at these big businesses, utility companies, car companies, and how they've, they're changing their culture, or at least trying to, right, from command and control to inclusion. It's becoming very important. You can't retain your workforce. You know, this, this thing that everyone keeps talking about, the great resignation, right? Yeah. Um, I first read about it two years ago with, with Burson stuff from Deloitte, but everyone's talking about it now. And, you know, when you can't find 80,000 truck drivers in the USA, and yet it's hard for people to survive, something's going on, right? Something's mm -hmm. really going on. I'm not going to be as simplistic as saying it's just this piece about culture, but it is about management, either of the organization, of the sector, of the country, and a lot of aspects to it, but it is about that.
because when people need opportunity and there's something there, you need to make it attractive. Yeah. Otherwise, everybody loses, right? So yeah, again, I've been rambling a little. Sorry, sorry but uh, no, no, all all good. I I've been hearing a lot about that pirate ship analogy, right? And uh, and I think we we've we've all heard about great the great resignation. Uh, what's happening with is a looming recession, and where things are going generally w- within all of these global industries. I'm I'm sort of interested to know, I mean, maybe this is a good way to, to wrap up this conversation, interested in knowing where do you think the Web3 industry is going in the next three or five years? Can you make a prediction? I agree with uh, a lot of the things I read about. What's the latest one? Um, some research from Emerging Research, I think it was, which said they expect... Web3 to be worth 81.5 billion by 2030. And I you know, took a step back thinking the ups and downs of that. Right? Who knows? It's crystal ball gazing. But I do think that this compound annual growth rate prediction of circa 43, 44%, um, which is even more than digitization in the market, just kind of makes sense. I mean, it just, you know, individual companies will lose. But as a sector, it's got to make sense. Mm. How should I say this? If we were looking back, our great-grandchildren were looking back, Jay, I th- and we really unpacked everything, I think they might say, it would not surprise me if some of them said, that banks were more did more criminal damage than some of the tribal situations, mafia, other things that happened in the sense that the poorest people in the world and the workers in, the, in all countries are always getting shafted with, you know, if you look at the cycles, right? Interest rates and all the things that happen. And we talk about the pirate ship again as an analogy for, for the future. I think people might think it's, it's pretty crazy that that was the way. That's why I think Web3 has such a rosy future. And that's why I think there's a, a huge need and opportunity to make sure that leadership and management, you know, professional coaching of these people who are in these driving seats happens so that cultures are created that are ready to pivot and make this work. So I think it's rosy as an industry. And I think some people will really thrive, like all like all industrial revolutions, like all business. You know, you hear this in war situations. I've heard it so many times, actually. Um, So many fortunes are made in war, right? People Mm -hmm. suddenly see a need, whether they're completely greedy or just smart, and they see a need to help people. That's when fortunes are made, either for themselves or for the economy. Um, And times are getting tough. And I think we're pretty... We're all pretty sure that over the next five to 10 years, for so many people, times are going to get very tough because inflation means that even if wages look okay for some people who still have good jobs, in real terms, their spending power is so much less. You know, it's a quarter of what it was 10 years ago, which is nuts um, when you think about it. It's nuts if you've been working a long time and you've done well. 
uh, as a normal human being. So Web3, huge opportunity, huge growth. And I, I do think it's the future for all of us. Thank you, Yes. I mean, I think what I hear you saying is it's not just the technological transition as we all sort of think about it in crypto and blockchain and uh, the metaverse, but there's also a social and, and cultural change that's happening as well that we all have to be aware of so that when we're looking back retrospectively or when our, our grandkids are looking back, um, they, they'll sort of, they'll be thinking about it in, in that way, in the, the, the change that happened culturally and, and socially as, as a society, rather than just the tech. Uh, and, you know, I think we, we think about it from a technical standpoint because we've had this tech boom for the last 20 or so years from creation of the internet to the smartphone. And, uh, and now as we're going into blockchain and cryptocurrency, but what's really happening is something that's a bit more larger, um, that has a lot more force that maybe we, we haven't quite, quite uh, wrapped our minds around. And then so that, that's something that's really important for people to think about. So Riaz, thank you very much for, for sharing all of this My information pleasure. with us. I, um, I really appreciate you joining us here on the podcast and uh, just being able to introduce the audience to your, your topic that you'll be discussing at, at Web3 Delight Lagos. We're all looking forward to, to hearing the rest of, of what you have to say and I definitely advise and encourage everyone to, to check you out uh, during the conference. So I'll, if you want to, to sign off and tell anyone where they can find you online, that, that would be amazing. Well, um, you can find me on, online on, on LinkedIn and uh, we're just putting up a bespoken website now for web3leadership.com um, and of course, uh, with everything to do with the conference, you know, um, I'm involved in helping any of these startups that, uh, that want to get in touch, please do. Via Jay, via anybody else, if I can be of service, please get in touch. Thank you, Riaz. Take care. Bye bye, Jay. Good to speak to you.